Hello and welcome to the Android Central Podcast live two weeks in a row. What is this madness, Andrew? Except for we're a little bit of a different situation. We are uh, not in Barcelona. We are not five people. And we are not currently drinking a bunch of beers. <laughs> this is kind of a bad situation all around. I am Andrew Martinick and I am with Alex Doby. Good afternoon. Yeah, it's it's a different experience on the podcast this week. It's a different continent, um, a, a different <laughs> sobriety level all around the table. Um, yeah, but we have a lot of, of really cool stuff to talk about. Yes, this is going to be a focused, well, as focused as we ever get on a Android Central podcast, uh, focused episode with Galaxy S9, because we just finished working on the Galaxy S9 review sure and a video review. That's why Alex and I are in the same room. And we're also going to talk Android P because, of course, Google had to announce an Android P developer preview while we're wor- <laughs> the day before we put out the uh, Galaxy S9 review. Yeah, so it's been it's been a very concentrated week for news, and between uh, you know the the present of Android that we see now in the Galaxy S9 and the the early glimpse of the future of Android that we're getting uh, in Android P, uh, it's uh, it's been quite an eventful week. So let's just dive into it straight away. Galaxy S9. Galaxy S9. <laughs> Again, well, we should say we have the Galaxy S9 Plus. And so Samsung, uh, they they provided a Plus model. They didn't have enough to go around. So I think some outlets got a uh, a smaller S9. And I think we, I mean, we wish we had two. But if you're only going to have one, I think right off the start, this is the The question that everybody has anyway. Is the one to get, yeah. And and Samsung knows that. I think we know more outlets that were seated the Plus than were just seated the the small one. And, And certainly a lot more to talk about. Relative to last year, as, as you all know, as we all know, it's been, it's been a couple of weeks since announcement now with this phone. Uh, there's more that's new in the Plus model this time compared to last year. Yeah, so we have all of the all of the details, and I think I wrote about 3,500 words in a review. Alex uh, slaved over the midnight oil in order to get his uh, his review all finished, video version all finished up. Like 10 minutes of beautiful, beautiful Seattle weather shots because. Uh, it stopped raining for we're, one we're day making exactly. Up for that beautiful weather now, we should mention it's and been, it's uh, gray and pouring down rain now, sure of is. course. Uh, so I think let's start with kind of the basics. I want to hear from you because this is the first kind of extended amount of time you've spent yeah. with the phone, and I've been spending more time with it, obviously. But um, you know, I want to hear more of a fresh take. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> come on. I mean, here's, here's the problem, right? It's not a massively exciting upgrade. And yes, I put it right in the headline. It's not an exciting phone. Uh, not an exciting upgrade. If you have any of the last year of Samsung phones, there is nothing to get excited about here unless you you are really just absolutely jazzed for a slightly better camera. And you've got T-Mobile jump on demand and you're already paying for it anyway. Uh, or that, yeah. I, I guess other countries may have their own equivalent of that, but... Um, yeah, I, I look at this phone, I see nothing to particularly get me that excited or to, to tempt me away from the Pixel 2. Um, Let me hand I, you a Galaxy uh, S9 yeah, Plus. Okay. So that you... I, I hold in my hand the Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus. Um, in actually, brilliant midnight black. A, a very fingerprinty midnight black. Yeah, and scratchy. Um, and scratchy and everything else. This, I mean, the back of this thing, I mean, it, it looks kind of gross, doesn't it? Yeah, so it... Samsung has not gotten away from the fact that having glass on the back of your phone picks up a lot of smudges, a well, lot of scratches. If you don't have an oleophobic coating on the back, which right? Some uh, so there's a trade-off there. Some phones have that, and the result is it doesn't look gross and fingerprinty. 
uh, it's also way, way slippier to hold, slipperier to hold on to. Right. And an oleophobic coating is what's on the screen of most phones, unless you well, have your, a your crazy cheap looks, phone. Uh, I'm looking. <laughs> it still looks gross, but not quite as gross. Right. So I it's kind of that trade-off there. And if, uh, I think that the metal on the sides of the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus feels a little bit better than the old one. It's not I super agree, glossy yeah. like the glass. So especially... so. At least the metal is not. There's all still smudging. a bit of a, like an anodized sort of sheen to it, uh, like like you get with a lot of metal phones. But the, there's like a sharper edge to it. And, it was like uh, straight would, up just I would painted last year. Reach for my Note Eight now, but it's doing the backup recording for this podcast. That's probably a bad <laughs> idea. Um, but you can tell there's definitely more of a lip, more of a sort of a, a sharp edge to uh, to the sides where the metal joins the glass, and that makes just I I think compared to the S Eight Plus, just a bit firmer to hold on to right. and just less chance of accidental touches around the sides around the uh, the border with the edge screen as well so i yeah i haven't uh, of course used the galaxy s9 proper the smaller one for any length of time but i did use the galaxy s8 and so that's pretty much all you know all you need to know uh i was not as extremely put off by the s9 plus's size as i was um, the Note 8 size, because yeah. that's that's the last thing I came from that was, that was like this. I never really used, yeah, as you try to daintily put them next to each other. The Note 8 is still notably like that extra notch above in terms of size and mm-hmm. kind of unwieldiness. Yeah, not there's, yeah, not, not to not, confuse that with an not actual notch. screen notch. There oh, is no notch in this phone. Uh, yeah, so the, the height of this, which uh, obviously is a huge thing with the Note... Uh, I mean, this this is basically the same footprint as the Pixel 2 XL. This is not right. a large, large, giant phone like the Note is. Like, they are darn close, the Pixel 2 XL and Galaxy They really are, and I'm holding them side by side now. The footprint's basically the same. Uh, the in-hand feel is very different because obviously you've got less metal to hold onto along the sides. I want to um, say the S9 Plus is maybe a, a touch heavier. Is that right? I can't, I we can't can run remember. the numbers. There's no... Maybe a little bit. There's They're no both appreciable big difference. They are both big phones. Um, and, yeah, we're settling on this size now, sort of the comfortable sort of middle ground for big Android phones, that's great. It's still a really good way, like you said in your review, to get a big screen and something that doesn't feel like a, a giant, unwieldy thing in your hand. Right. But just from having used a lot of Samsung phones in the past year, from using the Pixel, from still being perfectly happy with the Pixel 2 XL, and, you know, we, we've seen new new phones from, well, slightly new phones from LG in the past month. We were expecting to see a Huawei P20, new phones from OnePlus in the very near future. These are very new-looking devices. Um, in OnePlus's case, we're expecting a notch. Well, I guess sure. we can touch on that slightly. We we had screenshots this week from uh, oh, yeah. what appears we, to be the We didn't the put that on a rundown, but we should. We can, yeah, I mean, not much to say besides what's in the post, but we're expecting a notch. We're expecting a fingerprint around the back. We're expecting a new glass design. That'll be very new for OnePlus. This design is not new for Samsung, and I think there's maybe from people in the Android world who aren't used to very iterative updates like you get in, in the iPhone world, uh, there's maybe a little bit of sort of, I don't know, ennui maybe is the word. So that's a that's a great point because, I mean, I tried to make this point a million different ways in my written review and in the in the video review that even though it hasn't changed much from last year, of course, it's the hardware especially is really, really similar. It doesn't feel old. It doesn't, I mean, you're holding it next to a Pixel 2 XL. It feels just as modern as a Pixel 2 XL. Sure. Um, I mean, it has smaller bezels than the Pixel 2 XL. If you like that kind of stealthy, curvy look, it has more of that than the 2 XL. It's not like this is an old design. So if Samsung Hmm. had done something weird with the Galaxy S8 last year, maybe it was just, you know, maybe it was 
shaped like a banana. Who knows? <laughs> if they just came out with... They went all bezel instead of all screen. No it, screen last year. They, <laughs> it was a terrible they, year for Samsung. If but. they had just come out with the S9 not having seen the S8 before in some kind of alternate universe, we wouldn't be... Uh, yeah. hating on this at all. This only seems boring because last year was such a revolutionary change for Samsung phones. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, that's something we zero in on as phone nerds and as tech media. Everyone else, it, it's going to be fine for them. No one else is going to care that it's an upgrade because no one else with an S8, realistically, is going to be thinking about upgrading to this. Right. And I've been telling this to everybody that will listen. Uh, I've been walking down the street and just yeah, saying, just hey, around. don't upgrade from the S8 to the S9. It's not worth it. And then they, they shove me away and they they walk away infuriated because I'm I'm assaulting them on the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about, because nobody's doing that. Nobody's going from the S8 to the S9. It doesn't make sense to do that. Let's talk about choosing... Between the S9 and the S9 Plus, of course, we don't have the smaller one, but we understand the situation. Yeah. Um, and, and look, I, I kind of boiled it down to just saying, if, if you're in any doubt, just get the Plus. I mean, right. there are very few reasons. And actually, there are way more compromises this year to go down to the um, the smaller S9. We, we had a less uh, a less graceful name for it that we were, we were calling it <laughs> off camera. Yeah, we'll skip uh, but that. But the proper, the proper S9 Plus... Um, yeah, there are a lot of compromises. You get one camera, not two. Um, you get a smaller battery. You get uh, less RAM, which actually is going to be noticeable if you're doing a lot of multitasking. We're now at the point where we have phones with four gigs, phones with six gigs. A lot of the time, especially with weighty software like you get in the Samsung world, you're going to be able to tell the difference. Um, so let's go into each one of those. The, the camera. We'll, we'll talk about the specifics of the main camera. Well, we might as well do it all, all at once because this is the biggest deciding factor here. One camera versus two. It feels like you should. It should be twice as good, but it's not really the case. Not really. It's it's more. Um, I think we were looking at the results we were getting from this camera on the S9 Plus, and almost certainly it is the same setup, probably component for component, that was used in the Note 8. Not a bad thing. That phone has a, a good uh, telephoto camera. We were happy it with just, it a few months ago. We so. were, but it you know it can't match up to the 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 main camera in low light. It also doesn't have the uh, the crazy aperture or the aperture switching or any of this other stuff. So you're looking at the... the F2.4 just straight out. Yeah. um, I don't think it's a huge deal. I do think that maybe if if I was just using the small one, I would kick myself for that. Yeah, there are those few moments where you just benefit from that little bit extra of a closer in shot. Right. Uh, And I might be... Because if 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 you know how the optics work, cropping in on a on a sensor is not the same as having a longer focal length. Yeah. You it's, can, it's a different field of view. It's a narrower field of view yeah. that has a, a certain look. And to you it. can make up for some of the lost detail by doing like super sampling. Google does a lot of that on the pixel that gives you actually pretty good digital zoom. But at the end of the day, there is no substitute for just having that, that closer, um, you know, physical, you know, optical zoom or whatever. Right. So it is, it is a bonus to have that second camera, but I wouldn't call it a, a, deal maker or breaker no, no none of these issues. things on their own are deal breakers but when you combine them it's just it seems a little bit more like uh the smaller s9 is just kind of a compromised product a little bit in a, a way that it a wasn't backup. last year yeah um so uh i would what else so we have the ram uh i mean and then we can talk about battery i think yeah battery because this i mean you've been using it the past uh, week week and a half yeah um battery performance just okay Right, and no say level about the same as we were at last year. Nothing spectacular. I'm feeling very uh, vindicated. Everybody else uh, that dropped a review today um, was saying very similar things. Like, yeah. 
It's fine. It makes it the whole day. I the big thing that I was noting to you when you first arrived, we were uh, we were having some drinks, and I was saying, look, it's uh, it's pretty late in the evening right now. I usually make it like uh, seventeen to eighteen hours on the Galaxy S nine mm. Plus, and that's that's just it. It doesn't matter what I did during the day. It it just kind of has this. 45 degree line it just goes from 100 to zero and it's basically it's either going to be if you just absolutely hammer the phone it'll be 15 hours if you baby it it'll be 20 Mm. but for the most part it's going to be 17 to 18 um sounds a lot like the experience that i've been getting on the note 8 with a similar maybe slightly smaller size battery right Uh, not yeah it's i mean Maybe we're spoiled now. We see more phones coming out with with these larger capacity batteries. Uh, you know, Google obviously does a lot through the software and just through being really efficient with Android because they know Android better than anyone. Um, but I was, I gotta say, a little bit disappointed to see the the numbers you've been getting from from this phone, considering we're a generation ahead in terms of the tech technology. We're on Oreo now. Uh, we're a different you know, generation ahead again in terms of the screen and everything else that consumes power. You would think right. maybe it would be you know you bump above that maybe to like the five or six hours of screen on time we're not there yet no and it's it's so weird we know that it wasn't going to be as efficient as the pixel 2 xl uh in terms of standby and because a lot of that is software hmm. and we know that google has it locked in in Sam- terms samsung of just, bless them they still just <laughs> they do a lot of stuff when they, they do a lot of stuff right software is still not not their forte so the big the big that's the only big difference if i use if i have a pretty uh normal like you know brisk day of using the phone quite a bit 3 to 4 hours screen on lots of uh lots of wi-fi time but lots of bluetooth um you know i'm i'm using the phone throughout the day radio's working the pixel 2 xl and the galaxy s9 plus are going to be about the same for me they're both going to make it to the end of the day fine they're going to have you know 15ish 10ish percent at the end of the day the difference is on a light day, I go to bed and my Pixel 2 XL has 30% left. And your S9 Plus is dead. And S9 Plus has the, ex- has the exact same um, as it did in, in the heavier day. So you can look at it two different ways. I prefer the Pixel way, being able to, if I don't use the phone, it doesn't consume a ton of battery. Um, it I, It's just obviously doing a lot of different stuff in the software. I think the biggest thing that I, I note is when I, I wake up, I lay in bed for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I check all my notifications. I scroll through some Twitter news, you know, et cetera. By the time I get out of bed on this phone, it is realistic that I could be close to 90% after taking it off the charger and just using it straight for 15 minutes. And that seems crazy to me. Yeah. uh, And actually, that's something I've noticed with Samsung phones in general, that 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 sort of first initial 10% seems to drain down a little bit more quickly. Uh, I mean, we you know you can say this any way you like. It's obvious it's just not quite as efficient as what everyone else is doing, and maybe we shouldn't expect anything different because not a whole lot has changed in this phone. Right. So coming back to the original thing, we're talking about the two different versions here. Uh, the Galaxy S9 battery life, it I don't see how it's going to be any. Miracles, it's you know not going to be any better than S8s, which for me was. Um, looking for a charger before before bedtime a yeah. lot of days. Yeah, and uh, again, Samsung is still. 
you know, the, the, you have the long shadow cast by the Galaxy Note 7, which means they are going to be very reluctant to do anything that would be even remotely adventurous in terms of battery or battery placement or battery capacity or even charging. Right. Um, I, maybe that's a that, that's a factor that other companies, uh, perhaps like Huawei, we see, you know, with the Mate 10 uh, Pro putting these huge batteries into what is quite a small phone. Right. Um, yeah, Samsung really is still, I think, playing it safe to a certain extent, even as as, as much technology and as much you know, camera stuff as we have going on uh, in, in this phone. So we've we've covered the two different different uh, two different models how how they have their differences. Uh, I think to put an end cap on that, like I think I don't know if you said this explicitly, but you said it to me before. The S nine Plus is kind of the default choice now in this it lineup, is, yeah, yeah. and the S nine is like. Uh, I don't want the big thing because I have to use it one hand at a ton or I want to save 120 bucks. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I think if you're thinking about a Galaxy S9, uh, even if you're coming from, say, an S7 or S7 Edge or something of you know that is appreciably smaller than that, that is a little bit older, um, yeah, give, give that larger form factor uh, a try and see how you feel because it, it does take a surprisingly short amount of time to get used to having a bigger phone like that. So speaking of software, let's go beyond the software efficiency and just talk about the whole suite. Do you want do you want to start with AR emoji or do you want to talk about things that matter? Uh, let's well, let's let's just talk about the fact that yeah, it's it's pretty much a, a carbon copy of you know no, nothing has changed appreciably in the way you use um I almost called it TouchWiz then the Samsung Experience nine point oh nine point zero going from the the earlier version eight and eight point five uh, you have your usual Oreo stuff in there so you can now long press on um, you know shortcuts or whatever um, you know the, all the standard Android features that we now Notifica- have like notification badges uh, yeah like icon that's... badges are actually tied to the notifications in the notification shade crazy nothing idea. we haven't already talked about before in the, the Oreo update for the S eight that is now rolling out in some countries. Um, the only stuff that is really sort of appreciably new in the way that you use the phone, you've got AR emoji, you've got a bunch of new stuff in Bixby, although I guess not really that that much new stuff in Bixby. Yeah. Um, a new camera and, interface, which we'll talk about the UI. camera at, at the end of the software. Am I forgetting yeah. anything, or is that really all there is? Um, that really is all there is. I mean, especially if you followed the Oreo rollout for the Galaxy S8, which, yeah. of course, you've used. Uh, I never really used it on the I'm, Galaxy I'm, I'm S8. Wait, still waiting for it on this note. Still waiting. Yes, that's uh, software updates. Well, you might as well talk about that really quickly. That's that's one of the do, things do we that wanna, hangs over this phone. Do we want to make a, a bet on this podcast now as to whether in a year's time when we're reviewing, uh, say, a Gal- Galaxy X or Galaxy S10 or whatever, whether the <laughs> whether this you know that that year well this year's Samsung phones will have uh, been updated anywhere near. It's, it's bad because uh, I don't think that's a good bet because the the S8 in most areas doesn't have doesn't have Oreo and like you said I don't think they've started the Note rollout anywhere yet. Uh, not as far as I know. I think actually maybe one or two people on AT and T have got like a soak test. I think I was reading a couple of days ago. We usually yeah, keep it, an eye on the Polish market. They usually get it <laughs> really yeah, early. Poland, 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 Germany. Sometimes the UK get get those updates. Earlier. So, but uh, the difference now is we have um, Project Treble. Uh, on these phones, the first Samsung phones with Project Treble, because of course, when you're just updating to Oreo, there's no uh, requirement that you have Project Treble to uh, to separate out your custom stuff from the core Android OS. This is the first; these are the first phones that we have from Samsung 
that have that technology that in theory makes it much easier to uh, to ship future versions or Android Sh- key onto these devices. Shame on you for giving people hope because I don't think <laughs> that that's actually, that I think is going to improve, a, I mean, we hear a lot. Samsung's of, already doing security updates pretty well. That's the thing. They, don't, they, do, okay. they do okay. Yeah, okay. I think this is better than many others. Project Treble is definitely going to help reduce a lot of the issues we hear about with people getting software updates that totally screw up their phone hmm. because this sep- like gives you that abstraction layer where it can update things in the user experience realm without having to mess with all the underpinnings. Yep. And that's where we see so many problems where Samsung pushes this 1.5 gigabyte update and if one bit is wrong, your phone has some kind of quirky issue. I don't think... This is going to dramatically improve Samsung's process on their side where they have to actually create and push these updates. I'm, you know, I'm just pessimistic, I guess. Yeah. Like I was saying last week, um, there are a bunch of, you know, Samsung has way more features than a lot of other manufacturers. Um, oh, yes. So we should talk about that. There's also that. Uh, so let's, let's get back to the, the stuff that's actually new. And, and I guess we'll, we'll get it out of the way. We'll hopefully not spend too much time on it um, because of jaded old people who don't who don't like these things, but AR emoji, you can turn yourself into a 3D bitmoji, you can turn yourself into a bunny rabbit, you can turn yourself into um, the, the, the the literal devil, yes. into Beelzebub himself. Devil. Uh, you can add virtual uh, virtual red hats to your, to your head. That's that's fun. So basically, these things, it, it does look like, it looks a lot more like bitmoji because it's kind of a, a human character cartoon kind of thing. Yeah. But it's very bad, um, uncanny, like valley fringing. Like it's it's not completely cartoonized. It's, it's very it's not human. Like it's also very very easy to get kind of a bad capture of your face, and you just look like some kind of weird, just yes. Because basically, it doesn't do like a face scan. It just takes a selfie. And then your features from and that. then creates a 3D model from that 2D photo it just took. I've so seen, the a lot of stuff gets lost in translation. Yeah, I've, I've seen some good ones. I've seen an awful lot of bad. You've seen uh, the ones hilarious and and quite creepy. Yeah, yours yours doesn't look anything. I should like, look at the one that you did on. That yeah, um, I I was saying it, it looks kind of like a like <laughs> weird wax work in there. It, it got the the hair color uh, quite a bit better. I had, oh, I had to change the hair color. Oh, okay. Get me uh, hair color closer to yours. Everybody. It, I mean, okay. I've yet to come across a single person that likes the animo- the um, AR emoji. It shouldn't come thing. as any surprise that <laughs> that just, uh, that two uh, two white guys kind of just end up looking the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just in general, not even on phones. I mean, we we kind I mean, of. Seriously, we're, we're I need both, to, we're both pretty generic looking. I need to compare yours to mine because we have a according to AR emoji, we have very similar facial structures. Yeah, <laughs> which is like yeah. So the the stupid thing about AR emoji is the whole thing, really. <laughs> but the problem is, it's not even executed well. Yeah, so you because can, you don't have you don't have the hardware to be able to do. I mean what you're looking at here is nonverbal communication. It's right. f- a facial animation. It's very subtle. What you need to animate that well is a very precise level of measurement. The exact kind of thing that Apple's sensor array in the iPhone 10 gets you that a single camera, no matter how good it is, does not. And when when you look at it on the iPhone and even if it's you know monkey face or a pile of poop or whatever, it looks, you know, it animates um, in a very close way that matches your movements. 
that that has kind of a magical feel to it. This just feels like you know a computer trying to haphazardly you know make a derpy version of your your own face. Yeah, I this is just so going to be never used by anybody and just completely. It's going to be the same flash in the pan that Bitmoji was that um, that Animoji was. Um, and those actually have benefits. I mean, Samsung, the thing that they built would work if it had all the scanning and the art was really good and all that kind of stuff. It, it would be good if it was good. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> if it was fundamentally okay. redesigned, it would be great. Uh, so I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I, I am as well. I don't think there's any, I mean, I, yeah. Uh, you also don't have the ecosystem stuff that Apple does to, to actually fuel adop- adoption. I don't think even in, in that world that, you know, uh, there's anywhere near the, the level of adoption of uh, Animoji that, you would need for it to become an actual proper thing. So moving on, what else do we have? So before we get to the proper camera, I want to just round out the general feelings about Samsung software because every single time I review a Samsung phone, I'm like, wow, it does all this stuff. And then I'm like, oh my God, it also does all of this stuff. It does all of this stuff. (laughs) And I'm kind of trying to come up with a um, a, a fun like one-liner or even like a three-sentence explainer of the the, the Galaxy S9... It, it does really it's, well despite its software being just massive and doing all of these different it's things. It's like on the outside, it's it's a Ferrari or a you know, Tesla Roadster or whatever you want to call it. And on the inside, it's the Homer Simpson car. Right. Yeah, I mean, the we you brought up a good point that it was kind of around the Galaxy S7 or S S6, S7 era where they hid a lot of the they start saying, oh, software. Yeah. Like, we have way too much software. The problem is they never actually removed anything. They just keep adding new levels of just depth in the settings that you still have all of these things that they, they crop up and you fight this pile of things that if you don't want to do it, <laughs> these pile of things, that if you don't want all of these features... You have to go in and systematically turn a bunch of stuff off because Samsung is walking this line of if they have everything turned on, people get annoyed. If they yeah. turn it all off, nobody will discover anything. And, you know, why do you have it anyway? What what do you do? Because even as a as an experienced uh, phone reviewer, uh, would you call me that? Experienced phone mm-hmm. reviewer. Con- uh, connoisseur of, of Long-term phone user, we don't, I mean, we know how to go through all this stuff, turn off all of the things that we don't want, set it up the way we want. I've had this thing for a week and there are still things I'm turning off because I come across them. I'm like, mm. wow, that sucks. I'm turning it off. And then I have to go fi- <laughs> and, you know, and find out how to do that. That's touch whiz pundit Andrew Martinick. <laughs> yes. Wiz, wizard of the whiz. I do need um, new business cards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so like if we're I mean, having, you've been using a Note 8 regularly. There's, there's, yeah, there's all kinds of crap on that. And it's... You know, you, you just—I guess—you just get used to how much stuff there is after a while. But yeah, I'm—I'm—I still kind of, you know, Samsung's always on display isn't that useful. Generally, I turn it off. It's not as useful as what is on on you know, Google, Android, on the Pixel. Yep. Um, I, I don't think it bothers me as much as it bothers you, but I—I'm yeah. just, yeah. I, there's a lot of stuff on there that I just don't pay attention to, and you know, Samsung always has been walking this line between overwhelming people with software. And, you know, how much to cut back, how much to build out to differentiate, because it is still a very competitive market that, you know, a lot of people value these features. Um, yeah, I think that is... And it's still is... an awkward line for them to walk. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure, I think now maybe they're on the side of, you know, like we were 
just after the Galaxy S5 of, of just having too much stuff on the next step for the next generation of phones maybe be, needs to you know walk some of this back a little bit. And I don't even think that they have to make a point of it. Like, hey, we slimmed down our software. Just start taking things out. Well, and saying like 200, you know, 25% less. <laughs> yeah. Like that was actually an, a, 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 an ab- almost an advertising point that was brought up in our briefing, I think, for the S6. They're like, look how few features there are. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't think... of all this crap that you don't use. I don't think that they have to do that again. I think that it just needs to... They just start removing things. They have to have all this use, usage data that, that says... And I, like who uses what, but I think that their threshold for holding on to something is uh, way too low because they're like, oh, 3% of people are still using the uh, palm swipe to capture a screenshot. Let's leave it on by default in the Galaxy S9. You know, and that's next to three other ways to take a screenshot. It's like, well, maybe you just need one way to take a screenshot and uh, people will just use that one way and that's okay. Yeah. um, That's just an example, eh, of course. uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm... It isn't the kind of thing that particularly bothers me. And if you are buying this, chances are you're familiar with an earlier version of Samsung software. Very anyway, possible. Maybe won't be a huge deal. If you're coming in fresh, like you said, though, it's going to be potentially a bit overwhelming. There's... Yes, I think that the big thing that I po- the the actual one-liner I had in my re- review was the if you pick up a you know a, a completely clean Galaxy S9, you turn it on. The Samsung Experience 9.0 and Oreo isn't going to dissuade anyone from buying the Galaxy S9 just in itself. If you like everything else about the phone and you say, I want to do XYZ, XYZ, if you will, and this, the Galaxy S9 is going to do it and they're not going to be turned away by the software, that's not going to keep them from buying the phone. That doesn't mean that it's a great experience. Yeah, true. And it's it's funny we'll put because, up with a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it's funny because last year, I mean, S seven software was just fine. I mean it was it was a little bit messy, a little bit bloated. I think with the S eight last year, because maybe we weren't to the point of, you know, Bixby wasn't there at launch, there was right. you know, even compared to where we were twelve months ago, there's a lot of stuff that's been added and I feel like maybe we were in sort of a cleaner place with the software as it shipped on the S eight. And now Samsung is sort of drifting back to its old ways a little bit. Because I felt like using the S8 for the first time, um, actually, it was a lot cleaner than what I was used to in the Samsung world. And actually, the, there was a lot sort of firmer hand on the design than they used to be. So it seems almost a little bit strange that we're back in this position now and, and Samsung oh, has this all this bloated software. Or maybe I, maybe I just have this Stockholm syndrome where I just <laughs> yeah, got well, used to it. I don't know. I mean, I think it really just comes back to Samsung is clearly turned into a customer-pleasing company. They're not that opinionated about things. The design is a little opinionated, and they say, this is what our know, phones look like. Big, there's, there's still a Bixby button on that phone. They're not that well, customer-pleasing. Yeah, okay. I mean, but, you, can, you, can, you can disable it, I but guess. Exactly. That's just a good example right there, where they, they tried to go a little, um, a little more opinionated, it backfired extremely heavily, and now out of the box, you can disable Bixby 100%. You can't, uh, you know, you still have your um, fidget button on the side that I'm <laughs> pressing over and over again, and it doesn't do anything, which is fine. That's just a reality of the Bixby world we all live in. Mm. But if you look at the software, you look at the way that Samsung, after the, the Galaxy S6 snafu, uh, they, they keep the SD card slot, they keep the headphone jack, 
They keep wireless charging. They just kind of smooth everything out and they just keep all of these software features in there. They just want to be crowd pleasers because if you want to sell tens of millions bordering on like a hundred something million phones a year in at a, at 700 to a thousand dollars each, you can't be that opinionated in a, you know, what is ultimately a pretty diverse market. Yeah. So, I mean, in conclusion, it, it is, uh, it's, it's tech, a textbook iterative update. It's, yeah. it's, you know, that's almost a dirty word. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Um, there's no, outside of the camera, there is no single thing here, which I think anyone is going to, you know, care right. about going from the previous generation. So we can keep beating that, that dead horse of software, but we should talk about the camera. Yeah, the camera, and you've used it more than I have just by virtue of the fact you've had it with you all the time. Um, the telephoto, not a huge difference from the Note 8. Um, don't expect miracles there. Um, but the big difference is color quality and low light and the number of exposures that goes into each single shot, much in the way that Google's HDR Plus does that that kind of thing. Right. And being able to get just super crisp, super sharp daylight photos thanks to the uh, the switching from uh, yeah, the switching to f2.4 for daylight and in, in darker conditions going all the way to f1.5 um, for uh, to just let a ton of light into that sensor. And don't think that f1.5 is just for like when you're in a bar and it's dark um, or for some of you when you're in a bar and it's it's light. I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to judge. I've been there. Uh, f1.5 is for anything under 100 lux, which is basically if you're not outside in the sunlight you're going to be under 100 lux mm. if you're in if you're inside during the day you're probably under 100 lux unless you're you have just amazing light streaming in through the windows so you are going to shoot a majority of your photos at f15 which is is just fine it means that the iso and the uh shutter speeds are both going to be really low which and means less grain, clearer colors, just better photos in general. Exactly. And when you're pumping all of that into this sensor, which is clearly very capable, and a solid generational jump ahead of the Galaxy S8's sensor, uh, it's really good. So I'm maybe more smitten with the photos than some of the other reviewers have been. And I was talking to uh, Mr. Mobile himself about you know how he was feeling about the camera. And he wasn't as smitten with it because he was really shooting side by side with the pixel two XL. Cause he sees this. That, that'll ruin big... you for a lot of cameras just to be fair. Exactly. And my big thing when Alex and I were talking about this, cause he was carrying a pixel two XL was they take different photos of the same scene. Mm. They do not create the same photo, but I think if you were to look at each of them individually, you would say that's a nice photo and that's a nice photo. Yeah. And you would not be able to nitpick those differences as much as if you have them side Exactly. Side. And it was more of a clear-cut comparison last year if you look at the main camera on the Note and the main camera on the S8. It was just, you know, hands down, it was a victory for the Pixel. Um, and I had the same kind of um, dichotomy with the, the Huawei Mate 10 when I was using that alongside uh, the Pixel 2 last year towards the end of the year. Um, they both produced very, very different looking, but also very, very good photos. And it wasn't a case of saying one is definitely better 100% of the time. It's just about, obviously, they they, they um, capture those photos in very different ways. And as a result, you get um, a completely different looking photo that is of comparable quality. And so we were taking some just completely anecdotal shots again uh, in a bar at night. 
Um, the Pixel 2 XL, it brings out light that kind of just doesn't even exist. It yeah. makes this bright, amazing, colorful, saturated, uh, not oversaturated, but saturated scene. Which for me is, is part of the magic of the Pixel camera. It's something right. I really like about using this phone. Right. And then the Galaxy S9 is, it doesn't have that extra HDR level of processing. It just kind of takes what's there and just makes all the detail super crisp, super smooth, way lower noise than even the Pixel 2 XL. And so that's just a different uh, different philosophy. A lot of people are going to still prefer the Pixel 2 XL, but I have not taken a bad photo with this thing, with the Galaxy S9. It, yeah. it is really, really good. And for the amount of money you would expect not it to take should a, be, yeah. a bad photo. I guess the question is, um, and going back to that, that comparison that I think is going to sort of dominate the, the narrative sort of in the Android world for the next couple months is do you pay, uh, you know, we're now looking at discounted prices for the Pixel 2 XL. Is it worth the extra money to get an S9 Plus when the camera is kind of almost a dead heat and you actually have a lot of stuff, um, the, 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 you, know, you have the benefits on the Pixel side with faster updates, with faster security updates, which is arguably more important. Yeah. Um, is it worth it to pay the extra money to get that, that top-tier Samsung phone? So... I think that if you look at the, sure, that the cameras are kind of an, an even thing. It's, you know. Personal you, preference. It's really thing. personal preference. Really don't let that 960 frame per second slow-mo sway you too much. It's fine. It's it's a fun thing. Just like the Pixel 2's great uh, image stabilization in video yeah. is, a, is a useful thing for some people. Um, I think uh, image stabilization is more likely to be used if you if you take if you shoot video on your phone. That's probably that will probably be more useful to you on a more regular basis than nine, uh, the 960 FPS. For 960 to work really well, uh, you need firstly a steady hand. Secondly, basically daylight. Anything less than daylight, you're going to start getting yeah. a lot of grain very quickly. Uh, and although it is easier than a lot of Sony uh, setups for that 960 FPS, uh, you still you know, you got to frame it up properly. You've got to drag the box to where you know movement is going to be. It needs to be pretty much a planned shot. Um, and, yeah, it, a lot of it is just timing and practice. Yeah. And uh, so we, we shot um, some guys throwing fish around. Yeah, as you do. I mean, we're in Seattle. Yeah. Um, got a great-looking shot. How often you're going to be, you know, just <laughs> around a scene like that where you can really show off that feature. And also, when you go to share it later, you're stuck at 720p. Right. And so so those things are kind of a wash. If we're going to go a little deeper into the comparison, just realize that a lot of this stuff is very similar between the Galaxy S9 Plus and the Pixel 2 XL. It, it's just it's not a situation anymore where the Pixel 2 XL is way ahead in the camera. So that's good for Samsung. Now you look at the other stuff, you decide if you like the metal or the glass and then the, the software thing is huge and we don't really need to retread back on the software a lot. But I think I was kind of telling you before when we were talking about the when we were talking about the cameras and just comparing the two phones, it was basically Samsung just had to catch up to the Pixel. It I didn't expect it to go beyond the Pixel, and I didn't um, I didn't think it needed to. The big thing was get up to the point where people who want the Samsung experience, literally, figuratively, are 
not feeling upset that they're missing out on something and then they can let the the rest of the samsung name and just the the upgraders coming from previous samsung phones take over and actually kind of weird that i mean okay we focus on android but that we're not really talking about uh, the iphone the iphone 10 camera in all of this because it's no. just kind of i mean the iphone 10 is a great camera but it's just kind of generally accepted that the pixel uh is the king of single single lens smartphone photography yeah we got, we got the, the we got the cops coming for the one guy that disagrees with us. Oh yeah, you may not be able to hear that. Who knows? Um, one final thing on the Galaxy S nine on the S nine plus. Um, I'll I'll hit one final thing. You can hit one final thing. I think it's still a fantastic phone for just about anybody. It's kind of one of these phones where you're not going to be upset if you go into it not having any predispositions about which you want, um, especially in something as comparison as varied as a Pixel 2 XL versus a Galaxy S9 Plus because there's so much in it. If you don't have any preconceived notions about either one, you are going to be happy with the Galaxy S9 Plus. I think that what's really good, if you're someone, maybe if you're listening, somebody that's listening to this podcast or something like that, and you are kind of into that Google software thing, you may be frustrated and upset with some of the Galaxy S9 Plus software things like I am and to a lesser extent like Alex is, a lot of the stuff is shared. So I think it kind of comes down to that that portion of things. So they, they made strides. They picked up a lot of important little fixes. It didn't just go leapfrog the Pixel 2 XL. No, no, it absolutely didn't. And the Pixel is very much in the game. Um, if you are waiting for Samsung to have something to blow you away before pulling the trigger on a Pixel, you know, absolutely still a great time to pull a tr- pull the trigger on. Uh, I, you know, would definitely say a Pixel 2 XL, maybe less so the uh, the smaller Pixel at this point. Um, the other thing for me is, I think uh, it, it was. Last year, maybe we were a bit optimistic in terms of Samsung's software and how good they were at it. Uh, this year, <laughs> it seems like it. We could, maybe we sort of as tech media have come to a realization that actually Samsung was never really great at software. <laughs> Last year mm-hmm. was was a good year for them, but in in the the past year, um, you know, they're they're slower at getting Oreo out than they have been getting previous updates out. They had issues with the initial rollout, you know, boot loops and some phones. Uh, well, not boot loops, but random restarts, you know. Um, and, yeah, between just issues with the speed of getting updates out and the fact there is just so much cruft and the, you know, we have this feature creep creeping in, <laughs> uh, yeah. to, to coin a phrase. Um, yeah, I think the, the thing for Samsung to work on next time, uh, you know, maybe we need to trim away at the bezels some more. Maybe we don't. Maybe that is, maybe we have reached peak smartphone in that in that design. Maybe, right. who knows? Um, whatever else they do next time, whether it's three cameras, whether it's crazy low light, whatever it is, the software is the area where they need to improve the most. Uh, it's always where, that caveat. And where, as, as Google is starting to build out its its phone business, that's where they're going to nibble away at Samsung because they're better at user experience. They're as good at the camera. Um, there are some areas where they're behind, but you don't invest um, you know, a billion or so dollars in LG display uh, and not improve your display year to year. Right. I think Google is going to be nipping at Samsung's heels in a, in a serious way this year, and it's going to be very interesting to see how things play out with the Note. 
I think that's a good, concise way to look at it. That was go, very, that was very pundity. Go uh, go watch the video review that uh, I was uh, just hand and face talent for, but Alex did all the work on, and then my <laughs> that, that, that's what goes in your business. Guys. Yeah, and uh, ha- professional hand and face talent uh, lead with the hands <laughs> and then the face. Uh, and go read my review as well if you want some more of the nitty gritty and some pretty pictures and things. Um, we're going to transition to something else. That's not a very good tease, <laughs> but there's something else that's not the Galaxy stay, S9. Stay watching for more things. <laughs> and we're going to thank our uh, sponsor today, Thrifter, as they are here every week. The way we like to talk about Thrifter is just showing you some of the cool, thrifty things that you can find on Thrifter. Don't have to be technology, doesn't matter. Uh, Alex, what did you find on Thrifter? What are you excited about? Uh, so it's maybe not an exciting thing. And again, I'm, I'm leading into this and I'm, I'm, I'm lowering expectations right off the bat. But uh, I have a SanDisk. Oh, man, I picked an SSD too. Uh, all right, God. you go ahead. <laughs> um, just because uh, dealing with all this this 4K video in the process of making our uh, S9 Plus hands-on video, uh, very aware of, of just running out of space in laptops, especially if you do anything with gaming, anything with video, uh, this thing gets you one terabyte worth for um, two hundred and thirty US dollars. So uh, one terabyte SSD. So fifty bucks off, and uh, yeah, five hundred and sixty megabytes per second read write uh, read is write that speeds. A, is that a Sandisk? Is that right? That is a Sandisk. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah, a good two, deal. Two uh, two and a half inch drive stores the crap out of your data. Stores the crap out of your data. Print that on your advertisements. Uh, I have another SSD that's uh, a portable SSD because we've been talking about this as well. A Western Digital 512 gig portable SSD, one of these little guys. Uh, it's a USB-C connector, which is awesome. And uh, it's it's tiny and it's 140 bucks. So I have like a, a smaller one, a 200 gig one. I think you have a 240 gig or whatever. Bumping up to 512 for only $140 is a is a really good deal. Uh, like you said, especially if you're, rec- you know, recording 4k video or you need to just have a good backup drive that you travel Even with some games consoles. Install oh, your games. On exactly. It. A lot of, uh, not only is the read and write speed part important, but, uh, spinning drives are not great for travel. I've traveled with, yeah, I've killed two spinning drives so far the past 12 months. It doesn't much. matter how you baby them. They're they're All it takes is a little bit of wiggle and, uh, and they're gone. So, those are just two examples of all the things that we've been scrolling through here on Thrifter. It could be things that are just a couple percent off, could be something that's a huge sale, could be subscriptions, uh, could be bundle deals where you get... We had free Oreos for uh, for Oreo Day. Exactly. Day, uh, a couple of days ago. And pointing out all kinds of deals like that. It's I know I pointed out things like gift cards before. You know, you buy a $50 gift card for 45 bucks, stuff like that. Thrifter covers it all. You can find them at thrifter.com or at Thrifter Daily on Twitter. And that way you can just, you know, follow that and it'll just pop up. You take a look. And a lot of these things are really short term. And that's why you want to, you know, follow them on Twitter or sign up for a newsletter. So we thank Thrifter for their support of this podcast. And we're going to move on to that next thing that I that I teased. Um, I already forgot what you said. Are we talking about the... Uh... The one next thing or the other next thing? The, I don't know. This is. Let's uh, talk about the thing that's in your hand. The thing that's in my hand is a Pixel 2 running the new Android P. Oh, okay. So, there you go. I was confused. All right. Yeah. So we have, um, we have uh, unexpectedly, 
uh, the Android P developer preview. Okay. Next version of Android that's going to be dropping, um, we would expect sometime in August. I think the chart basically doesn't confirm August, but says Q3, and it's the, the, the spacing is so that it would be a month after July. Right, they, so, gi- they give this roadmap <laughs> of when they're going to release developer it's previews. Like, it'll, it'll be August, probably, guys. Come on. Um, so in the first preview now, we'll have another preview at Google I.O., I believe. Uh, we'll have final APIs a month after that. Which That's is the point, the point at which in, in June it's basically ready for Google says, okay, it's probably okay to run on your main device. We're nowhere near that just yet. This is the first developer preview just to show developers, people making apps, um, and, you know, nerds who just want to play around with it on a spare device, uh, what to expect in the next version, the big sort of broad strokes of what is next for Android. Right. So let me run through what I listed as kind of the um, what the, the short list of it, kind of quick hits. The problem with all of this stuff, though, is they're announcing new, quote unquote, features of Android P. But those features are typically just APIs that developers are going to plug into, and they don't mat like they don't matter. They don't do anything and until you, you get an app that our, uses them. For our purposes, it's really frustrating because until someone makes an app that uses these Android P features, like um, so, one of them just to give an example, changes to the way messaging notifications work, so you can have predictive replies now alongside your existing reply or dismiss button or whatever. And you can have images shown in line. Uh, so when in you the a, expanded notification. In the expanded notification. So if someone sends you a photo on WhatsApp, it doesn't just show the little icon that says photo. It gives you actually some context uh, of what's coming through. Um, you cannot show that yet because nothing uses that API. Right. And but sometimes, Google has a mock-up screenshot that shows you what it'll look like. Right. Sometimes it's Google Apps. Sometimes it's third-party apps. It's um, It really depends. Another uh, example, and I, I guess great for radio, that we can't show this because we couldn't if we wanted to, but uh, indoor mapping. So changes to the yep. way that uh, Android looks at uh, wireless networks that are around you. For, uses Wi-Fi RTT, which is Wi-Fi round-trip time. Yeah, so that's, that's what... Uh, hopefully we'll let because if you ever use gps indoors it's just a total crapshoot it's hopeless um this should so for example if you're in an airport in a big shopping mall anything like that uh should help you or help your phone pinpoint your location that much uh more accurately down to one meter which is pretty darn good considering that it's using pings out to wi-fi networks and checking the round trip time the amount of time it takes to send something there and come back without connecting to the network and then it does a you know a triangulation and pinpoints you. So that's kind of stuff that you're, yeah, that's neat. But it's not going to yeah, matter until something you can't show it until apps start to use it. Um, um, so let's talk about the other things. Multi-camera API again. Developers will be able to plug in and get uh, streams from multiple cameras at once. Yeah. Or independently, or this kind of mesh stream between two rear cameras, for example, so they can do interesting things. That's something that you would expect maybe. Um, manufacturers would do interesting things within their built-in yeah, camera apps. So anyone anyone until now that's wanted to do dual cameras on Android has pretty much had to engineer that stuff from the ground up. Right. And what this also speaks to is um, you know, the Pixel phones, their status at, you're taking over from Nexus as the reference device. The only reason for Google to build this into the OS, uh, you know, Google, remember, is you know, there's the hardware side of Google, there's also the software side of Google. Um, you know, those sides aren't completely disconnected from each other. Um I think there's no way that the Pixel 3 XL doesn't have dual cameras. Dun, dun, dun. You heard it here first. Yeah. I'm blogging currently. Cool. Um, uh, while you blog that up, the other thing that I'm pretty sure and that, that I think the, like that's the go-to hot take since we uh, 
we found this out. The other go-to hot take being that no one has Oreo, so Google should stop developing Android. But that's too stupid to. Uh, that's not a very about. hot take. I've been no, that's that's, that for that's, a long uh, time. that's lukewarm, tepid at best. But um, yeah, uh, so notch support is going to be built into Android. Display also, notches. Dun, 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 kind of moment. Uh, which, yeah, the only reason you do that really most likely is if you have at least one phone coming out now uh, in the next year that's going to have a notch. Or really, the uh, I agree that the next Pixel is probably going to have one, but I would also say that we saw the, um, not even training wheels, we saw the problems with the Essential Phone having <laughs> even just the tiniest Essential little... Phone's a lot about training wheels well, and problems. Yeah. We even with the tiniest little notch uh, for that front-facing camera, the essential had to kind of brute force a lot of stuff. It had to make the status bar taller. It had to do weird things with how it displayed full-screen apps so that it wouldn't get in the way. And so basically, Google is just giving developers and manufacturers both a a, a standard set of how uh, of parameters, parameters for, for the how notch. these yeah. work. And so basically, uh, manufacturers, when they have a phone with a notch, can define that they, one, that they have a notch, and two, that if they have a notch, it's this wide and this tall. And so Android P itself will not draw in that space, but also developers when, you know, YouTube, for example, won't draw a video over that. It'll black out that part so that it's just a bar on the side and it won't flow into it or if you have like a vertical orientation non-full screen app you can fade some of the uh, content up into the corners but not into the notch itself. so great example of this two apps google maps uh, yep. if you enable because in, in the developer preview you can enable a virtual notch uh, which is just hilarious what all the a, kids are doing nowadays <laughs> it's which is just hilarious if you have a phone with this with bezels as big as the pixel you twos. could say that's what the asus Zenfone 5 did whoa okay uh, di- different different conversation there, but permanent um, virtual notch, permanent virtual notch. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a that's a contender for show title. But yes. Um, yeah, so you have virtual notches that you can add to. So you know, as a developer, you can simulate what it would look like in a in a cutout, different kinds of cutouts. Google Maps just kind of renders it uh, in the background of the notch, so it renders it at normal. Just you have the cutout there. YouTube um, will not do that with video because obviously that's you know, one that's of the bad. things people hate about the iPhone is that I think a lot of apps. Um, it's still, uh, you know, you still have the notch that eats into whatever video you're currently watching. Um, you know, by default, YouTube knows the notch is there. It just renders video um, in, in the space it isn't taken up. And actually, if you look at the aspect ratio of all these phones with notches, um, you know, it turns out you have a comfortable amount of space above the, you know, 16 by 9 uh, yep. area that would, that would house the video anyway. Look, this is the big thing that, I mean, talking about the Galaxy S9, this is a perfect example because it has an 18.5 by 9 aspect ratio. 1 when plus you, 6, we're looking at 19 by 9. Right, we'll so. talk about that in a minute, Tease. 18.5 by 9 even right now, no notch. You know, you view a full screen video, there are already big pillar boxes uh, or big pillar boxing with full screen video. Or you have this stupid thing where you can zoom in and chop off the top and bottom because you're some kind of crazy person. This is... This is the way to do it. Notches are going to happen. Don't at me. At me. I don't care. At Andrew Martinick on Twitter. It's going to happen, but this is not like the thing that is just going to be here forever. It's a... You think it's like a... It's a middle ground. ephemeral thing? Well, I think it's it's a middle ground where they have this 
manufacturers and companies have seen people are willing to put up with the notch. The notch lets them have a. I mean, the notch is almost a status symbol now, isn't it? Right. It, it, people are willing to put up with it. Uh, it gives a cool little look because you know you can put little things up there, and it enables this middle ground where the sensors and the speakers and all this kind of stuff aren't small enough yet to do an you know an even tiny bezel around all four sides. So you need this little notch. That's just how it is. Look at the Vivo Apex concept phone, which we just heard is going to be actually going to be a real production. Thing, yeah, they have. There are ways to fix these problems that are, you know, getting in the way of having "quote unquote" full screen phones. We're not that far out from those. The, the notch is going to happen, and then eventually uh, we'll get past it with display and sensor and all kinds of these technologies. And you know, Android P supporting notches doesn't mean that every Android phone is going to have a notch. It's no, just, no, you're wrong. Ma- mandatory notches in all Android phones from now on. Right, they're we going do to be have, virtual. We do have a lot of system level stuff that is kind of built around the notch. Well, not maybe not a lot of system level stuff, but changes to uh, where the clock is. That's something that's a fundamental Android thing. The clock has been on the right since the beginning of time. Uh, now it's on the left, whatever. So you For have now. the clock, yeah, until yeah, until it isn't, and we have no idea. Of whether that will be a hard requirement for for phone shipping with Android P, I suspect maybe it won't, but we'll see. Right. Um, yes, yeah, so you now have that on the side. Uh, when you scroll down the area, if you look at the area in the middle before, that would be part of. I'm describing something that I'm showing. That's terrible radio. But um, so you have the area at the top with the clock, with the date, and with the battery. That area used to be part of the quick settings in uh, Android O. Now in Android P, it's basically black. Obviously, the reason you would do that is because it looks better when there's a notch. Um, you also have redesigned quick settings area, which looks a little bit work in progress right now. Circular first icons. First developer preview. First developer preview. Barrel this in mind, and actually they took out the thing where you can open these up within the uh, the quick settings area and drill down to. Yeah, this doesn't look panel. anywhere near. Final. Does not look final, um, but you do have you know changes to some of the the stuff in the notification area and elsewhere in the software. Things are getting a little bit more rounded. We already saw this in the Pixel UI. A little bit more colorful. Yeah, rounded, a bit more colorful. The settings area is a bit more colorful. Uh, you have new animations, which are kind of designed to uh, be a little bit more... Uh, Just shorter, get out of the way. Yeah, shorter, get out of the way. Um, less sort of emulating pages and paper than sort of the early days of material design. So it's a little bit more sci-fi, a little bit more just sort of like, okay, it, it knows it's a computer, it knows it's an interface... It's getting the animation. It's still sort of a similar style. When you tap on a menu item, it sort of expands outwards. Right, from the touch point. But it's not, yeah, it's not anywhere near as slow. It's not, um, you know, quite as as obviously layered as some of the earlier material design. Sure, there's a, and there's a little more transparency to them as well. So you start seeing what's going on as soon as you touch it. Yeah. It's, um, again, it, we have this double weird situation. First... Uh, it's a the first developer preview, so it's really focused on the underlying APIs and not like the anything that you see that looks different is there just because that's how far they were on that idea at the time they needed to release it. And then we have the second part, which is it's on a pixel, and we don't know what the differences are between what's a pixel UI feature and what's an Android UI feature. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we especially can't do that this year because Android P is not coming to any Nexus phones. Let's pour one out for a Nexus yeah, 6P, Nexus yeah. 5X. And actually the Pixel C as well, which is super interesting because that's of the same generation, obviously, as the last 
Nexus phones, but it means there's currently no um, development target for Android on tablets with a new version, which just seems crazy to me. I mean, not crazy, maybe given that no one's buying Android tablets, but you know. And then the entire world goes, what's an Android tablet? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, maybe you know, we're still waiting to hear what Google may do with Fuchsia or with some kind of future OS that might support convertibles. In the meantime, you know, Android on tablets is kind of run into a dead end in terms of development. <sighs> Annoying. Yeah. Uh, so what else do we have in oh, Android P? So final, final thing I think on Android P, um, for me anyway, is there's actually a pretty big set of security improvements, and they're all kind of... Um, it's physical security, isn't it? They're, they're all small, but they, they add up. So the first part of it is uh, a consistent interface for fingerprint authentication. So right now, fingerprint, especially between manufacturers, but even in different apps, you, get a diff- you can get a different prompt for a fingerprint um, this is going to get extra interesting when you look at in uh, in display fingerprints, where uh, fingerprint sensors, where they uh, can just pop yeah. something up on the screen anywhere. And Say, do the fingerprint here, right? Do the fingerprint right here, and you know it could get a little a little weird. So um, the way I explained it was um, a stand. It's a standard system dialogue. So when an app calls for fingerprint authentication, it always looks the same. And then they have kind of a variable where they can define, you know, what it says about yeah. what you're much, authenticating. Much like I think, um, uh, Google, uh, at least Google um, implemented Android has been for things that you know maybe on the front or on the back. Right. When you set up a say a OnePlus um, a five or five T, you get a different dialogue depending on where it is, and that's very much a standard Android thing. It'll tell you where to locate the fingerprint sensor. Right. But now that's just bringing that to the next level and so, making it uh, more sort of tightly defined within Android. That's just a good security thing. Uh, another good security thing is um, forcing everything to TLS connections. No more sending things in clear text, which uh, what were you doing before? Um, and the final one, the Android P, which you were saying uh, is a kind of a physical security thing. It restricts all access to microphones, cameras, and positioning sensors from apps that are idle, as in an app that is not uh, in the foreground being used. So if an app is not actively running, when it goes into the background, it's it, Google can't, uh, Android can't force it to not uh, use those permissions for the microphone and camera and things, but it sends it blank information. So it just gets zero, 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 right. All the way across for a microphone sensors and camera. So an app in the background, uh, is not going to be able to just turn on the microphone. Yeah. So, uh, so Facebook can no longer spy on your conversations. No. Facebook, Which, Facebook does not spy on your conversations. Don't, don't sue us. Man. But remember, so quick anecdote, <laughs> Uh, Alex came over to my apartment. We had a uh, box on the counter that was from Parachute. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Uh, and he said, oh, how do you like those parachute sheets? And I was like, oh, we actually, you know, we just got our parachute sheets. We didn't um, put them on the bed yet. I'm getting ads for parachute sheets the next day. And then you then you bought parachute sheets. So no, some, huh? I did not buy them. They were a gift. <laughs> wow. I'm j- just saying, Android P, come to my rescue. I don't need any more parachute sheets. They were very expensive. I'm sure they're very nice, though. Haven't used them yet. Okay. Uh, w- one final thing on physical security. Um, uh, actually, this this was buried way down in, in the statistics. I think it was actually Android Police that dug it up, as they often do. Hit me. Um, it's a feature called Enter Lockdown, which sounds very ominous. But when you press that, 
what it does is you can't use fingerprint to unlock it. You have to enter your PIN. And what it also does is disables uh, things like uh, smart lock. So the Smart. only way to get in is, is to enter. So it's the basically pin. like if if you have restart uh, restart password required and you yeah, have restarted much, your but phone, but every time you unlock your phone, but it yeah, does until it until you until you disable um, until you disable lockdown mode. That's very smart. Yeah. So if you know your friends can't post on your social media stuff, very important with uh, St. Patrick's Day coming up. Pretty much. Nice, lots of nice drunk topic, friends. Topical reference. Anyway, so is that, are we done for Android P? There's also we an Easter egg, whatever. Um, let's also sort of loop around to something we talked about a little bit before, one of the other news stories of the week. You're interested in The, the other news story of the week is our second sponsor. That is another tease, and I <laughs> suck at teases, but I, I'm okay at ad reads. We need to talk about GameStash really quickly. GameStash is a great way to play Android games without having to get nickel and dimed with all of these in-app purchases. Hate getting and, nickel and dimed. And, and even, it's not I mean, even my geez, currency. you say nickels and dimes, like it's a dollar, $3, $17 at a time. $17 in-app purchase? That's weird. It's probably $20 to buy a bunch of coins or stars or, um, you know, feed for your cattle or whatever the <laughs> heck these kids are buying in these games. All I know is that you don't have to do any of that with GameStash because you just pay a flat uh, monthly fee. What What is it? $5 a month to start right now. And you just get all of these games, hundreds of games with, if it's possible to have it unlocked through an in-app purchase, it's already unlocked. So you can just play the game as it's supposed to be played. Even if you don't like these types of games that would require... Even if you don't like them, play them anyway. <laughs> GameStash.com. If, if, if you don't like these games that require kind of grinding out things and anything like that, it also just includes games that would be expensive upfront purchases. Um, you know, if you're already buying a game a month or a game every other month... Adds up. Yeah. easily paying for this already. You're, you're buying a Galaxy S9 this month. You've got no time to, to spend on... No nope. money to spend on in-app purchases. And actually, no if you're not buying a Galaxy S9, great way to take advantage of the graphical power of that phone snapdragon 845 great yep. gpu so go to gamestash.com slash ac pod go check it out and now we can get back to our final topic Alex. now we can talk about uh the one plus six and what? we had some exclusive news this week uh in the form of a screenshot which showed a benchmark couple scores, whatever a couple screenshots whatever no one cares about benchmarks um a couple of things this reveals uh first of all a notch uh, almost certainly the presence of a notch, you know, the, the layout of the um, status bar in the screenshot was conspicuously uh, free of stuff in the middle. Stuff had been relocated much the same way it has with Android P to accommodate a screen gap. Uh, and this we, kind of just corroborates the other leaked photos that we saw that showed a notch. This really just helps cement that. Yeah, so the the photo that leaked a couple of weeks back um, is kind of, I think... I would describe it as a mashup of um, sort of an HTC U11 Plus and an, and an iPhone 10, that kind of design. So you have yeah. a fingerprint scanner around the back. Uh, you've got a notch, a small, I think, the iPhone's notch on the front. Uh, and then you have that same sort of bezel style that the iPhone 10 has where there's this uniform but still very, very slim bezel around the outside of the front. And the other part of this that lends credence to the notch as well, the screenshots are 19 by 9, which is extra tall that's the tallest display that we've seen right 
Most are 18 I, I by 9. Say this, Samsung's 18.5. There's maybe one weirdo device that has like 19 and a half by 9. It's probably a doogee. I think it might, even be the, it might even be the iPhone that's 19 and a half by 9. That would make sense. So basically, up. by making it extra tall, that just means that you can have the notch. I mean, because it's measured diagonally, it goes from the bottom left corner to the top right past the notch. So that extra height just means that you know that those are the 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 ears or the horns or whatever you want to call them the two raised portions next to the, the receding hairline of the uh so basically you just you take off that one portion and you still have an 18 by 9 you know two by one display underneath the notch i was right iphone 10 is 19.5 by 9 so it's still not quite as as uh excessively tall as the iphone 10 but we are cons- you know, considering this should be a bigger phone anyway. Uh, not too surprising there. Right. Uh, what else are we looking at? So Snapdragon eight forty five, obviously very very fast. Uh, code name a six thousand. Again, not too surprising there. Makes given, sense given know, their name. A three thousand, a five thousand, a six thousand, whatever. Right. Um, and the- yeah, on screen keys again, su- supporting the idea that uh, we'll have a fingerprint scanner around the back. And the this. only other, not the only other interesting part, but the interesting part is that we're talking about. First week of March, we're seeing yeah. these things. I mean, not Highly. just this one, but this was like almost two weeks after we saw those leaked images, too. Yeah, we so that leak was breaking while we were still in Barcelona. I was really surprised to see it there. I was I was thinking just because that was February twenty eighth. Yeah, February twenty eighth, and week you know, one one plus was at MWC. Normally, um, they have meetings and stuff there, of course, but normally they just have a party for for media and for fans and stuff. Um, so not too surprising to see them there. I was thinking maybe one of them just had it with them and somehow, you know, leaks happen at a, at a show like that when people are traveling. Right. But, um, yeah, the second leak appearing certainly suggestive of the fact that maybe we're looking at sort of a, an earlier time frame for the OnePlus 6 than we have for the OnePlus 5 last year. Which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. Uh, I think, unfortunately, we've, we've kind of forgotten about the OnePlus 5T just because it was so just a T version. And we're yeah, looking a little for the bit. next big and, thing. And it, it ran up against a lot of really good phones in the back half of last year against the Note, against the Pixel 2, uh, XL, the iPhone 10. Right. Uh, they had to go sort of uh, 18 by 9 to stay relevant. It was a solid phone. Um, they they stayed they, yeah, they stayed relevant with some interesting new colors. Um, you know, actually did quite a good job staying in, uh, in you know, yeah. maintaining mindshare with that. Yeah, now it's time for a new phone. And actually, you know, with more Snapdragon 845 phones being announced earlier in the year maybe not too surprising to see oneplus you know obviously they want to keep up with the trends and uh, obviously there's a lot of improvements that they could make from uh from the 5t the interest most interesting thing for me i think is going to be do they still try and hit that sort of goldilocks point in terms of the price right, that was my or question. do they just go all out and go like uh you know seven eight hundred dollar flagship obviously they have fans that appreciate the price but the price has been rising steadily since the days of the oneplus one what do you think and especially if they go a little more premium in the hardware, the OnePlus 6 is looking like it's going to be the first big jump. I mean, when you look at the OnePlus 3 to the OnePlus 5T, not a whole lot of difference in terms of just raw hardware quality and design prowess. Yeah. This one's looking like it has a bit more going on with it, a little less generic, a little more opinionated. Yeah. It kind of signals that you may be looking at something a bit more uh, expensive. I mean, the big thing is, like you said, we we have had a price jump every single full generation. They're already at what four nine nine, right? Yep. You uh, maybe you know we're talking about five four forty nine instead or five sixty nine. 
you're starting to you're starting to get up there uh, a little bit, and I think that they could probably get away with it again. Yeah, maybe, the question maybe is they whether could. they do that or they go all the way to like you said, seven hundred or something. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, Which I'm I think looking... would be a death sentence, but that's just me. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they actually manage to do if they've been growing steadily. Um, one thing people are pointing out is that yes, there is an Oppo phone that looks suspiciously like this. Shocked. Well. Uh, yeah, I mean the relationship between OnePlus and Oppo is still kind of opaque and weird. Um, there, you know, there are some financial ties at the very least between those two companies. That's kind of neither here nor there. But um, what we're looking at in the next Oppo phone is yeah, the notch display on the front, um, tall actually, skinny glass, dual cameras, rear fingerprint sensor. Yeah, and actually, it's, it's a little bit hard to tell if it is glass on the back, um, but the camera. Uh, layout is markedly not the same as what we've seen in this this leaked. Render. We've seen so something we'll... that looks more like the Galaxy S9 Plus with two vertical cameras yeah, and a kind of yeah. a lozenge-shaped fingerprint sensor underneath And them. almost like a sort of a, a curved back in the style of, of what we saw last year from the, uh, or what some of us saw last year in the countries where it was sold from the HTC U11. I think uh, you are the only person that has seen the U11 the Plus. The only human that, has, that actually has seen a U11 Plus. So yeah, well, uh, they could well take advantage of some of the components. Obviously, the display you'd expect would be the same as, as the Oppo phone. Um, but we could be looking at a very different beast in terms of other aspects of that phone. And I'm fine with that. I think last year was a little bit weird in terms of, uh, you know, the Oppo and OnePlus devices being like upgraded, rebranded versions of themselves. And actually, yeah, that plays into the whole idea that OnePlus isn't really that much of a startup and actually has ties to some of these bigger Chinese companies. Sure. Um, maybe, maybe now is the time for them to do their own thing a bit more in terms of the physical design as well. Alrighty, it's time to stick a fork in it here. It's been a marathon. Well, not, not too much of a marathon. It's been a, it's been a good length. One, one hour, hour fifteen. Yeah, including intros. Not bad, and that's that's just for two of us. We are we are sitting at a round table, but we are both on the same side of the round table. It's a metaphor for something. Yeah, and uh, because we're we're on a kind of mobile mic setup here that uh, we can't get to record properly from both sides, but you know, I'm sure that you were ruining some of the magic of the podcast. You were really looking they, they forward they to it. They know how the sausage gets made. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Delicious, uh, delicious podcasting. Okay. Alex, where can people follow you when you're not podcasting? Uh, they can follow me on the social things at Alex Dobie. Look at pretty pictures from uh, Android phones taken by me on the on Instagram at Alex Dobie on the Twitters for takes both hot and tepid, uh, hopefully mostly hot, <laughs> uh, video content at uh, youtube.com slash Android Central, including our um, very pretty looking uh, Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus review video and a lot more to come in the next couple of weeks. Hat tip to Seattle weather on that one. But, Seriously, uh, yeah. It really worked out properly. Cool. Ten, ten, ten minutes ago, you. shots. You can find me with uh, no tepid takes at all, just the scalding hot ones <laughs> at Andrew Martinick on Twitter, M A R T O N I K. You can find all of the written stuff happening at AndroidCentral.com. And that's an important note for you, really quick. The reason why we haven't seen a lot of Alex on AndroidCentral.com is because YouTube is basically where it's happening right now. For so sure. if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, you definitely should be a big change of pace on the YouTube channel. And I don't know if we've really talked about that on the podcast. Not a whole lot. Yeah, we've we've But left. for the for the new people, that's that's where you that's where you gotta yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. That's most of what I'm doing these days. So yeah, follow me there. 
Alrighty, we're gonna sign off from this uh, lovely hotel room, Alex and I, and we'll be back with probably a more normal podcast next week, but who knows? Well, just I'll fly somewhere and then we'll have another live podcast. <laughs> we'll do three in a row. I'll just show up at, uh, just show up at, at Taipei next week. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, we're going to sign it off here. And thanks for listening. Next week, we'll be back with a regular pod. Bye-bye. See you later.